of the last three, four games is we had Killers captain and we're also pending on the other two other scorers. He's on the bench. He's the left bench. Bench. He's the left bench. He's the left bench. He's the left bench. He's the left bench. He's He's the left bench. Hello folks and welcome to this Radio Stockton Heath podcast. We're not a radio station and we're not just about Stockton Heath, so that's that cleared up. There's a great song that I'm sure you'll be too young to remember, but it was released towards the end of the 1970s, 1977 I think, although I'd have to check that, but the song was released by a group called The Stranglers and it's called No More Heroes. Over the last few weeks, I've had the song buzzing around my brain. I don't know why. I've not heard it recently. Nevertheless, because of it being in my head, it's got me thinking, what is a hero? And when is it that we lose hero worship? and perhaps abandon it or convert it into respect. He's our hero. Isn't there a box for all like, the dignitaries? Oh, no. oh there. Uh, up there. Oh, yeah, that's oh, where all the... Nearer to heaven. Right. You know what? You don't have to talk to anybody who knows nothing about football. That's where you want to go. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> you see the mini-kid, he's doing the arm waving. Went to Scarborough game, mate. And on the way home, mate, what? Absolutely brilliant day out. Who's it? As usual, I've been talking to various people about this concept of no more heroes in various local pubs, some in relative silence, some very noisy. In fact, in one such very noisy pub, Stockton Heath's Costello's, I was talking about this concept of there being no more heroes with my mate, Matt, when an alarmed-looking lady leant across to us from the next table and, with what I thought was a tear in her eye, asked with a trembling lip, Is that right? There will be no more arrows anymore. It was only when I reassured her I'd said heroes and not arrows that her face changed to a look of relief. The perils of a noisy pub. So it seems some things are more important to some people than others. I'm sure I could last without arrows, and I suppose I could last without heroes too. Well, if I define heroes in the same way as many people do, i.e. connected to celebrity... Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, genuinely, I don't believe in this hero, hero worship, per se. I don't, I mean, the, way, the way society is at the moment, where everyone seems to be obsessed with this celebrity culture. Well, I completely reject the whole thing. And John speaks to me, oh, do you know such and such? He says, well, no, I've never heard of him. Well, you must have heard. He says, well, no, I haven't heard of him. You know, he talks about comedians and film stars and singers. And, well, it's because... I don't quite get the idea that these people are looked up to and worshipped the way that they are these days. I think it's, I think it's very foolish. No, I'm on your side there entirely. But and I've no interest in in that that side of things. Oh, sorry, I, I, mean, I mean, genuine people who've got a gen, something genuine to say. I mean, one particularly, he said to me, he went on about uh, Russell Brand. 
I looked at him and I said, are you serious? Are you seriously telling me that Russell Brand's opinion means anything to you? I said, why? Again, the guy's a complete idiot. The guy thinks it's a really good idea. Humiliated somebody live on, on national TV on radio, and you're listening to a, that guy's opinion on and we, you know, I said, well, you're joking. It's just because he's famous. And the guy's a complete prat. If he wasn't famous, who would listen to him? No one. I found that really interesting. It was, it was taking any notice of someone like that saying something. Why is, why is he saying it? He's not saying it, he's saying it for effect, in my opinion. Well, uh, I think I would disagree. Now this doesn't mean I don't have heroes today, it's just that I've redefined what I now think a hero is. And my definition today is the antithesis of the definition of heroes that I had when I was 14. Perhaps he does have genuine viewpoints. Well, I think he does have genuine viewpoints, um, and I agree, he's saying it for effect, but I think he's saying it for effect for a reason. Because he's using that heroic celebrity because it's valuable currency, because he is famous, he can then at that point use that yeah, but and that's project in, it. That's out. in itself, in my view, is, Which is dangerous. Which is what Lennon did. John not, Lennon used course, the Beatles. But, but, uh, you, you, get, you get popular people supporting one political party or another, and their views will be will be listened to, but not necessarily just because they're famous and the celebrities. Well, it's wrong someone's point of view because they're famous. No, but I don't think... I can't see that it's a problem just because somebody is famous that they can't have a legitimate view. Of course For example, be. Charlotte Church has been very vocal recently about certain political areas, and yes, I agree with her, but I'm not agreeing with her because she's famous, because I never bought into her fame or her celebrity. I never thought she was a hero because, you know, there was nothing about her celebrity that I wanted. There was nothing about her singing religious songs or whatever it, it was she did initially. There's nothing about that that I thought was heroic. But that doesn't mean that I cannot regard what she says as being right or wrong. I'm not viewing no, it as a celebrity. She's, she's, she's got the same as anybody else. She's got a perfect uh, entitlement to her own opinion. Uh, of course she has, everyone has. And if that's her genuine opinion, that's her genuine opinion. She's got a personal right to say so. But she certainly has more influence than if you were to stand up Oh, absolutely. absolutely. She's got more influence than people who will listen to her. And they will listen to her not necessarily for the right reasons. Well, that's what I'm trying to... Well, that's an interesting point. I've never been a big sports fan. I did have an interest in football when I was at school, but I could never get past the idea that there is a weird expectation of living in an area and somehow being expected to support a local team, simply because they are named after the town or city that you as a child had no choice of living in. As I say, yes, of course I fell into that hero trap at school and supported a team, but come on, admit it. Don't you think it's odd that adults hero-worship multi-millionaire footballers that have no connection to your town whatsoever? In fact, often, they're not even from this country. So, of course, they don't really have any connection, and by association loyalty, to the place that you live, and to sort of paraphrase that usual rugby joke about rugby being played by men with peculiar shaped... I can't remember what it is now. Well, it's sometimes said that football is a game played by men with peculiar shaped haircuts. And really, that's all their multi-millionaire lifestyle seems to revolve around. 
I would suggest it's very rare that you see one of these multimillionaire footballers around your town and helping out anonymously at a food bank or something like that. Anything for the community. So come on, admit it. Are they really heroes? Well, many years ago, John Lennon did say that I don't like to present my facts through the Beatles because I am not the Beatles. I am an individual. But if I can use my celebrity to get my point across, i.e. Amsterdam bedding, to try and stop war, I will use it to my advantage. Now, I think that people like Russell Brand and Charles Church are going to be using their celebrity for the same reason. In the, quite, same quite way, in the same way as other like I, said, like I said earlier, perhaps I'm doing these people a disservice. I probably am. I just think the way that society is at the moment, these people are lionised so much, they will be followed by a large number of people for just because it's them that are saying it, not necessarily from what they say. If we take that to its logical extension, isn't that what's happening with politics? Of course. Because people follow, of course it is. People of course. follow politics. And their political leaders, almost as if they are celebrities. And so, whilst I was considering all this, it was a rather odd sequence of events, therefore, that very recently led me to watching a live football match for the first time in my life. That's good, that's good, that's good. I'm going to go from here. So if it was the other way around, how many from here would go to Harrogate? Now that's not strictly true. I did watch Ipswich Town when I was at university simply because a university mate supported them and I had a car. I had no real interest in watching Ipswich Town. I have no connection with Ipswich, like most Premier League footballers actually. So you might agree with me that it was odd that I went to watch a football game yesterday. But it wasn't a glamorous Manchelsea Town Rovers game. I think that's a team, isn't it? A Manchelsea Town Rovers game that would cost around about 50 quid. No, I didn't go to a multi-millionaire big game. Instead, I went to watch Warrington Town play Harrogate Railway at Cantilever Park. I'll tell you why I went in a second. But I was converted. Suddenly, I saw what people liked about football, although I didn't really know what they were doing, booting a ball back and two. But there was an honesty about the game and the players because, although I can't be sure of this, I think every player on the pitch either lived in Warrington or Harrogate. Because it's Warrington Town and it's local, they're all actually from Warrington area and Harrogate, they're all from Harrogate. It isn't like going to watch Man U, they're all from Brazil. Yeah, exactly. That'll be why the passion's at home. Local area, anyways, the thing to win. Oh, 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 oh,
It's like this every week, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. Every, yeah. Two, only two, we say. Second half, four. Oh, oh. Is that when we put the other 11 in? Are you having a nice time? Yes. It's good. It's good. I'm considering coming again. <laughs> Tuesday night, then. Oh, is it a Tuesday night game? Yeah. Is, that, is, is that here? Oh, I've got to see it under the lights. Oh, well. Did you see the Vulcan bomber go I over? did, yes, yes. Well, I don't know if you know, we've kicked off World War Three with ours. <laughs> As I said a few moments ago, I'm not really certain if every player is from Warrington or Harrogate. But even so, I like to think that they are. Well, at least local-ish. And the reason I say that is because they slogged on that football pitch for 90 minutes to reward the crowd for supporting them. And it was whilst I was talking with the crowd that I was struck by how the crowd don't actually look up to the players as heroes. More so, they look up to them with respect. A sort of honest respect. Now I'm not saying that every player there wouldn't swap plastering or bricklaying or whatever their day job is for a big multi-million pound contract with Manchester Rovers Athletic but for now you can see that they were playing for Warrington Town for respect and not hero worship. And we did. If he was going to Manchester in the first it's like a ship, isn't it? We take about 20 miles to do a full turn. Yeah. Who ever thought they could defend anything? Ridiculous. Monsters. What time's the game on Tuesday night? 7.45. Yeah, get yourself going. I might come down. Although, part of the reason I'm here, you know, is it's only a fiver. None of this £8 nonsense. Oh, a season ticket. If you make yourself look really old, you're in for a fiver any time. Right. Concession season ticket cost me £8. £8 a year. I'd like a concession, please. That normally gets you in. I jokingly said to David there that the reason I was at Cantilever Park was simply because it was only a fiver, rather than the normal £8. Honestly, £8 is great value for money. That works out around about 8 pence a minute. I spill more than that value from my beer whenever I'm in Costello's or the Red Lion. So I think I'm a convert. The real reason I was there, because my mate Paul's son, his hero, his son plays for Warrington Town's under-10s. I think it's under-10s, it might be under-9s, I'd have to check. But clearly the youth team, and it appears that they were unbeaten during the whole of last season, and Paul's son is the captain. Now, when I say unbeaten, I did ask Paul that, i.e. how many games were won and how many games were drawn, but it turns out they didn't even draw. They won every single game, and that's what we call heroes. I think it all boils down to your heroes are your family and your friends.
we have had uh, show ponies in the past, but we don't tend to go for those anymore. <laughs> they're, they're not short, sort of side. Warrington Town wasn't always called that. Originally, when it was formed in 1949, four years after the war, they were called Stockton Heath Albion, and they played on that pitch on Stockton Lane, by the side of the Bridgewater Canal. Incidentally, just to go off track for a moment, I've been asked by somebody I know, Hello Jamie! If I know anything about a pub that used to exist on the Bridgewater Canal along Chester Road, you know, where Grappenall Road changes at Lumbrook and converts into Chester Road. Well, as you drive along there, on the canal side, there are a number of houses. Well, apparently, the last house along there was originally a pub. I don't remember it, and I've got no information about it. And in fact, recently, I've been asking quite a number of people. Nobody seems to know. So, if you have got any information, let me know so I can pass it on to Jamie. Anyway, Stockton Heath Albion relocated from Stockton Lane to London Road in 1950, a year after starting. They were there for three years and then they moved to Lausch's Lane on the Cheshire Police Ground in 1953. I'm not sure why after that, but they went back to Stockton Lane again briefly before finally setting on Cantilever Park in 1956. Five years later, Stockton Heath Albion became Warrington Town. Your heroes when you were 15, he was in your wall, and uh, who are your heroes now? Well, do you know, it's funny that, because I was only thinking this the other day. The heroes you have on your wall when you're 15, as you get much older, those are the same people you'd put up against the wall when you realise what we've been up to for 30 years. I don't know. I think, I think my, my wall and your wall might be slightly different. Who was on your wall at 15? Um, Johnny Marr, gotta be. John, yeah, Johnny, absolutely, Johnny Marr was. Uh, yeah, and he still would be, he's still a hero. Yeah. Uh, Bernardino, Greg Lamont, cyclists. I didn't realise you were into cycling that long. Right. No, well, well, I've not been out. I was when I was a kid, and then I stopped. I got sidetracked by guitars, got me more girls. Which yeah. is supposed to show how few girls I got on bikes. <laughs> so, yeah, they were my heroes. Susanna. So, without trying to sound too gushing, the way that we view heroes does change over time. And like Paul with his son and his daughter, my heroes are my family, my wife, my two daughters, my brothers and my uncle. I very rarely see these days, but he's always been a hero. None of these people do heroic acts, not in the true definition of the word. They just do ordinary, everyday, honest things. And it's that concept that I saw in those footballers booting that ball up and down Cantilever Park totally committed to what they were doing and clearly with an incredible amount of skill and doing it for very little money simply for the love of the game A couple of weeks ago I rode over to Appleton Thorns Village Hall. I thought I would call in for a beer. It ended up as three or four. And that's only because I got talking to somebody I hadn't met before called Patrick. And I think we talked for about an hour and a half. Although to be fair, most of it was quite sweary. So I'm not going to put it up as a podcast. But we did talk about heroes in a sense. In that we were talking about family. And how of course we worry about them. Certainly our children. But we need to let go, don't we? After all, they're not as daft as they act. 
Not all the time, anyway. The other thing is he shouldn't be in charge of a car while they're smoking. You know, I mean, we've all done it in years ago. I was a smoker, yeah, it was a long-distance lorry driver. Drove millions of miles, smoking, smoking a pipe and everything. But there's times when you let go of the wheel to light a cigarette. And if you've got kids, it not only the, the smoke thing, it's the danger. You know, if you drop a cigarette on your lap, I don't know if you ever saw it, about a month or so ago. I think it was Denmark. They made this driving test video whereby they said to all these kids who'd come in, legitimately come in to take the driving test that day, and they said, right then, there's a new law passed today. You won't know about it, but we have to check that you can drive and use your phone texting. And they were going like that. So, right, okay, I want you to start texting now. And we were on like a big open field. Yeah, yeah. And we couldn't hurt anybody, so it was like that. Right, I want you to start texting to your mates. And we're going, at the end of it, every kid, and we did about 30 of them, every kid about 18 got out the car said that's impossible what a stupid law yeah, you shouldn't yeah. have to be able to be texting and driving yeah. yes that's, prove the point. that's the yeah. point yeah. I think if you had to define a hero today in the truest sense of the definition I think heroes are those people who do extraordinary things to help others without asking for thanks and more often than not, being completely anonymous about it. I'm not just talking about doctors and nurses and teachers, or the police. I'm talking about everyday people, ordinary people, that have had something happen to them. As John Lennon famously said, life is what happens to you whilst you're making other plans. I was recently contacted by somebody to talk about the Peace Centre in Warrington. We haven't got together yet to talk about it, but it did get me thinking about what happened on a particular terrible day for Warrington. Not just Warrington, of course. Other places had bombs too. But even now, after all this time, you do hear of actions that you never knew about at the time. Extraordinary actions. Heroic actions. It actually got me thinking, do people remember that day? I don't mean the outcome. I mean, do they actually remember that day, what they were doing? Twenty ninth of March, nineteen ninety three. What were you doing? Twenty ninth of March, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Okay. Charlotte would have been three. At two years nine months, she went to more preschool playgroup. I was working in the shop near there. It was spring, so the likelihood is that once my daughter would have gone to the preschool playgroup, my mum would have picked her up. I would have gone back to my mum's at two o'clock, and then me and my daughter possibly, which is what we often did how old was she three she would have been coming coming up for she would have been two something coming up then and we would have gone to walton gardens and gone on the swings and looked around the i wonder when it was that day that you found out something had happened because on that day what happened the more i think about it what happened then the warrington bomb well i know exactly where i was then because that wasn't a weekday and we'd been to town, Charlotte and I, and we're in the car coming home, and we're in a traffic jam, and we knew absolutely nothing about it. Apparently, my mum was going frantic, because she couldn't get hold of us. We were stuck on Manchester Road, getting out of town, wondering what all the traffic was about. The reason I'm mentioning this is because, has it been forgotten, or has it just No, it's not been forgotten at all. It's just that the date has been forgotten, hasn't it? The date has no resonance in anyone's brain, I don't think. I don't remember that. I I, I don't remember the date, but I remember everything 
every single thing that we did and the fact that we were stuck in the car on Manchester Road trying to get out wondering I thought the M62 had been closed and the M6 had been closed for some reason stuck on Manchester Road trying to get home we'd been to town we'd been down Bridge Street so we must have missed it by half an hour or something must have done. And the fact that the Peace Centre, which was set up in memorial for Tim Parry and, Tim Parry and Jonathan Ball. That's, oh, that's so weird. That's that it. takes me back. I work with kids with emotional behavioural difficulties and we had a school near the tip in Sankey and we used to use the Peace Centre to do football and all sorts of things. And then at one point it all stopped and we weren't allowed to go. Why? Don't know. I thought it closed down. It wasn't op- no longer open to like public kind of use. I've, I've not heard it's closed down, but no, not closed does... down. But we were no longer allowed to go. So these kids that actually vital for them to blow off some steam, play football in sports hall. try and think of the answer. It's a dead easy question. You might have to think about it. If somebody had asked me this question, I'd have gone, I wouldn't have a clue. On the 29th of March, 1993, what were you doing? 1993, 29th of March. I don't know, what day was it? Was it Sunday? I don't know. I think it was a Saturday, but I, I'm not entirely sure at that. So I, I asked the same question somebody last night in the stag, and she said, she was answering me, and she didn't know. She knew what she was probably doing, but she didn't know exactly. And then I told her why, and she went, ah, right, that must have been a weekend then. I'm sure that's a Saturday, because we were in town. No, I don't know. I've no idea what I was doing. I thought I could soon easy enough tell you, because I keep a diary. That date doesn't resonate with you at all, does it? Not particularly. It's 29th of March, no. (laughs) No, and and it wouldn't for me either. But as soon as somebody tells me why, I go, oh, right, and then it all comes back immediately. The war came down, I was 80s, um, 1990, we went to the Gulf, first Gulf War. Well, I'll put you out of your misery. Go on. Warrington bomb. I wasn't doing anything then. Um, a friend of mine was actually um, in it. I've had a work with, he got an award for it. He just happened to be there, and he was just helping all the injured people there. But nobody found out until years later, because he, he, he just didn't want to tell people about it, like, because I, I don't know why, but he didn't. Well, that's probably unsurprising. I suppose you don't want to talk about that. Ninth of March this year, no, nineteen ninety-three. What were you doing? Where were you? Twenty-ninth of March, nineteen ninety-three. Well, eighty-four. I was to leave school, so ninety-three. Was it when the bomb went off in Warrington or something That's like that? Exactly when it was. I wanted Warrington that day, but I do remember. I didn't recall the actual day, to be honest with you, but going back and just thinking what was significant round about that time, certain things pop out. And that one does for me because I was in Manchester when the bomb went off at Mars Spencer's. So, you know, so that is quite a big thing for me. Well, that Manchester one, that was before, wasn't it? If you ask me the date of that one now, I can't remember the date of that one, to be honest. Because that was huge, wasn't it? But I was in Manchester when that went off, you see, working for Marx's. You were actually in it I was, when it went off? I was in Victoria Station on that day. We'd had the scare and then we had to get everybody out of the store. I remember going down to the foyer section and getting all the staff together and then taking everybody out to the building and we actually walked past the white van that was parked on Cross Street opposite the Arndale Centre between Mark Spencer's and the Arndale just right underneath the bridge that linked the two together. And we walked past that, went into Victoria Station. And was it the white van that did it? And it was the white van that did it, yeah. Yeah. 
I remember walking past and going to Victoria Station and sitting in there with all the staff. And then we just heard a huge bang. And I was a supervisor then for my suspensers and I was ticking people's names off on a staffing board, counting people in. And then we heard a huge bang and that was it. But that was absolute bedlam and everybody just scattered everywhere and everybody ended up leaving the area and just trying to get out of the city centre Manchester. I ended up walking into Salford uh, with somebody who worked for the store and going to her parents' house having something to eat and staying there for a while. Well, that was horrendous for me. It's bigger than a fork, yeah. How many are they allowed to score? <laughs> <laughs> it, when we get to nine, do they go home? Is that how it looks? I bet some I bet some weeks it takes a bit longer to get nine, does it? Yes. Yeah, about three games. For 6-1. I got my 5-0. Mark, what are you going for? Final score? 5-1. I like that. When I start a new podcast, I don't really plan them out. I tend to just have random thoughts, a few different conversations with different people over a period of time. I'm sure you can tell, I just chat to people and see what works best from the resulting conversations in terms of the theme that I set myself. My only theme for this podcast was heroes and what is meant by the term today. Whilst watching the football between Warrington Town and Harrogate, around about 10, possibly 15 minutes after kickoff, I expect the players were a little bit surprised when the crowd of around 250, possibly 300 people all started looking upwards and away from the ground, sort of towards the direction where the cantilever bridge is, and maybe about a quarter of a mile high. And the reason they were doing that is because a large black plane that we don't normally see in this country flew over. It was a Vulcan bomber, and from what I can gather, it was on its last flight from Manchester Airport. I think we can count soldiers and pilots and anyone in the armed forces as real heroes. But in a more loose, generalised definition, we do all tend to have our own heroes. Now, of course, the answer you get is dependent on who replies. But to reiterate my earlier points, my heroes today aren't the same as they were when I was a kid. Today, my heroes are those ordinary people around me 
and not celebrities. My daughters are my heroes. Paul's children are his heroes. Most specifically on that day, seeing as Ted is the captain of the undefeated under-10s. It goes without saying, I know, that you will have your own heroes. And I think it's that what resonated the most with me as I spoke to friends and family. They all seem to direct their hero worship to their family. Anyway, it was a great day at the football. Let me encourage you to go, if you don't already go. Not because Warrington Town won 6-3, but because I felt an honesty and realism both within the players on the pitch and the crowd cheering them on. So, it seems I actually still do have heroes today. They're just not the same as they were years ago. So, to help lift the mood of this podcast a little, my mate recorded a version of No More Heroes. Recorded it onto his phone, so the quality isn't great. So, I think I'll play out with this, just to lighten the mood. I think you'll agree, as one of Warrington's most famous sons often said, it turned out nice again. Yeah. David, yeah. seriously, I'll be coming again. Yeah. Oh, Tuesday night, 7.45.